The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This episode of the Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. Guys, it is that time of year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season, and Bet Online has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs, and if baseball is your first love, Bet Online has got you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, championship boxing, you name it, Bet Online has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline also has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. (laughs) This episode is also brought to you by the Locker Room app. Guys, it is an exciting brand new app that I just, I'm very privileged to be a part of. I have a live show on at Club 34-7. Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7 every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. And the app itself, Locker Room, is a live audio-only sports talk platform free to download and use. Uh, You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news, uh, and so, so much more. You know, and, and the live, uh, the, 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 the app is there so you can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors and games. Guys, this is something I plan on using uh, during the season, you know, to, to maybe do some watch parties. Maybe we'll try it out during the during the preseason, uh, have some watch alongs, have some of you guys come in and talk to me uh, while we're watching the games and all that kind of stuff. We can talk with other fans, insiders, uh, you know, join in on the conversation with me. All you need to do to get on the get in on the fun is download the locker room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter and join in uh, on the fun. Uh, you know, follow me and you can be notified when my room goes live and it will be going live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. It's the Locker Room app. It's Club 34-7 on the Locker Room app every Wednesday at 8. Be sure and and join in on the fun. You don't want to miss it. (laughs) What's up, guys? Long time, no talk. I apologize for my long uh, absence. Um, It's been it's been different. You know, uh, so I I won't get into it, the gory details on why I've not been around, but uh, I'm back. I'm back, and uh, this is actually a, uh, the the podcast this time is actually from last night's Locker Room app uh, show. Um, For those of you following me on Twitter and everything, on Facebook, on the Bearstock Underground group, you know that uh, I've got a show on Locker Room every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. And it's it's a, you know, an interactive thing. You know, uh, I, I, you know, pick a topic or I start talking and you guys come in, you raise your hand, you want to talk. We'll find out what the subject is, what the conversation is going to be like uh, and so on. So this is something that I want to get out to you guys uh, now. This is actually the third one uh, that I've done. The first two. 
The first one was <laughs> was basically a disaster. Uh, last week was was a little bit better, but still kind of rocky. This one I thought went really well. Um, Got some great participation uh, from a couple of people uh, in the room, and I'm hoping that getting this out will entice you guys to us to also come on into the room uh, every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, and get in on the conversation yourself. Chat with me. Chat with other fans. Let's have a conversation. Let's have an argument. Let's have a knockdown drag out. Who cares, right? And this is also something I plan on using during the season, uh, you know, possibly doing, you know, like some watch parties or something like that. Uh, who knows? We'll see. But that's what this app is for. It's for interactivity. Uh, it's for, you know, starting a conversation. And, you know, I, I would I really look forward to the possibilities of what could be uh, with something like this. So uh, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern on the Locker Room app. Just look for the Bear Stock Underground. We're going to be there for you. Uh, I, I call the show Club 34-7. Uh, for those of you who get the reference of what 34-7 is, God bless you. Uh, for those of you who don't, you should be ashamed of yourselves and uh, embarrass yourself by asking me what 34-7 means. And uh, I will tell you and then shame you for not knowing. So anyway, this is... Uh, Club 34-7 episode number three. We're, it, this is the pre-draft episode because uh, the draft is tonight. Uh, I am still nervous as all hell about what Nagy and Pace are going to do and um, what the, the whole trading up for a quarterback thing uh, has me has me really worried. So um, anyway, this is the show. I hope you guys enjoy. I hope we'll entice you to join us next Wednesday uh, at 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, on the Locker Room app. So enjoy the show, and we'll see you all next time. This is a Locker Room production. Welcome again, everybody. Club 34-7 on the eve of the NFL draft. And uh, like I said last week, I am uh, I kind of have, like, draft fatigue. I can't wait for this to... To finally happen and you know as much as I love the draft and the the the, the, the process and the pomp and circumstance because we're going to get back to normal this year uh there are going to be people at the draft prospects and everything so it's going to be more like the draft that we knew from 2019 and before as opposed to uh old daddy uh Goodell in his basement you know calling picks in front of a flat screen uh so I'm looking forward to that and, and I love the draft and in the last two years it hasn't been a lot of fun watching the draft on, on, on night one because the Bears didn't have a first-round pick. They gave up uh, those picks to get, uh, uh, to get Khalil Mack uh, and whatnot. So night one of the draft has been kind of boring the last two years, or at least not as exciting as it would be waiting to hear the Bears uh, pick. But this year, it's going to be a little something different uh, because I think we're making up for the lack of drama the last two years with – all of the drama, especially if, if, if you're on if you're on Team Larry that doesn't want the Bears. I want the Bears to get a quarterback, and I'm hoping that we draft one, but I'm hoping we wait until day two or at the very least trade up into the end of the first round to get a to get a if, if we're going to do it. That's how I prefer we do it. I do not want the Bears or more specifically Pace and Nagy mortgaging the future to uh to uh to to get a quarterback 
to trade up and, and get somebody, uh, you know, whoever's left, you know, whether it's Lance, Trey Lance, uh, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, out of those three, I would prefer Justin Fields. I don't care what anybody says about the lineage of Ohio State quarterbacks. Uh, Fields is my guy. But, um, you know, it just – I don't want the Bears, and like I said, more specifically Pace and Nagy, mortgaging a future that – There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for – Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card – Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel – it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're not likely to be a part of. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all for the Bears doing well this year, and I hope that, uh, that, they, uh, that they pull this off and that we have a good season and, and everything. I just – I don't – there isn't a quarterback on the board, in my opinion, that's worth giving up the next three years of this franchise's uh, future to, uh, to do it. Ren, what's up, man? Uh, how you doing? Can you hear me, man? Yep, I can hear you. What's going on? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? All right, cool. Uh, so I know you're on the topic of quarterbacks and everything. Yeah. Uh, it would be a lie to say that's not a position of need right now. Oh, it is. Just, uh, Dalton and Foles on the roster. My question is, are the Bears good enough to sort of punt that a little bit? Like, is the roster good enough to compete right now? Dalton is better than Foles, is better than sort of, or maybe not better than Trubisky, but at least more reliable. He'll be able to hit Allen Robinson when he's wide open and hopefully Darnell Mooney when he's uh, deep. Is there somebody that would help us compete this year? that we'd be able to get at 20 or trade up if need be? Well, it, to answer your first question, no, I don't think so. I don't think the roster is good enough. That's why I'm more, more of in uh, team-building mode right now. I would prefer that our pick is an offensive tackle. You know, like these mock drafts that have us taking receivers and cornerbacks, okay, fine, but I would prefer that it's an offensive tackle. You know, whoever the best one on the board is at 20. Sure. And I, I just, you know, like if and like, like I was saying, I don't know if you heard it when you walked in, but it's just if, if we have to get a quarterback in the first round, I would rather we use like 52 
uh, you know, to trade up and, and get into the back half. Like uh, in 2018, when the Ravens traded back into the first round to draft uh, um, Jesus Christ. Lamar Jackson. Thank you very much. Lamar Jackson <laughs> at the end of the first round. They picked him with literally with pick number 32. They traded back into the first round to, to get him. And look how that worked out. Not saying that that would happen for the Bears, but I'm saying if we have to get a, a quarterback in the first round, I prefer we do it that way. Because I, I think that that tackle is, is paramount. We saw how much we suffered last year with the lack of depth with our offensive line. Poor Nick Foles paid paid the tax on that more than anybody. Yep. You know, by the time Trubisky was back on the field, we kind of had it figured out and we could at least get the quarterback through uh, a football game. The games that Nick Foles had to deal with and the offensive line configurations that, that he had were were abominations. I mean, I, I felt – I mean, think about that Minnesota game on Monday night where he ended up getting getting hurt. I mean, that was the worst configuration that we put out put out there, and it cost Nick Foles the rest of his season because he was out for a few weeks, and then by the time he came back, Trubisky was back, and he was playing well. So it's like I think I'm in more team-building mode. I would rather see, you know, like offensive tackle first round, uh, maybe, you know, wide receiver corner – round two or maybe the bet you know if there's a good quarter if kellen mond or uh what's the the one from stanford davis mills is still on the board at 52 then maybe we take the quarterback uh then but it's like i'm i'm more about building building up the team than i am about you know mortgaging all the picks that we have for the next three years to trade up to 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 get a quarterback because after seeing what san francisco had to give up to go from 12 to three I shudder to think what the Bears would have to give up to go from 20 to four or five or six to get Jones or Fields or Trey Lance, whoever's left after the 49ers take their quarterback at three. And it's just, it's not worth it. It absolutely is not worth it. And there are people out there who disagree with me. That's fine. But this is, this is the, the hill that I'm willing to die on. It's like, I just don't think giving up the next three years of first round picks and whatever day two, day three picks will have to give up along with that to move up to the spot to get that quarterback. And then we've got nobody to block for him because we're likely giving up the draft capital that it would take to get him his, his tackle of the future in rounds two and three. So it's like, I just, I, it terrifies me to think what the bears would have to give up. And that's why I don't want them to do it. So, I mean, there are analysts out there and I've had guests on my show that would tell me, you can never pay too much for a franchise quarterback. Well, apparently none of these guys are that guaranteed. Yeah, in 2017, we we paid too much for yep. Trubisky. So you know, and all that cost us was two thirds and a fourth. It was still too much to move up <laughs> one stinking spot to get him, and we picked the wrong guy. So uh, <laughs> I don't trust this uh, regime to do it again. Now, granted, Nagy wasn't here in 2017, so we didn't have him or Filippo or Bill Lazor, it's like, a, you know, we got a plethora of quarterback gurus uh, on, our, on our staff now, as opposed to the John Fox three yards in a cloud of dust and play defense staff that drafted uh, Trubisky. So I think we're in a better position. Where, wherever we get a quarterback, I think we're in a better position to have that kid succeed. Now, what that means in 2021, I don't know. But I think that you know, going forward and, and, you know, that could possibly be somebody for us in, in 2022 is a much better possibility because, you know, I, I just don't want to, I don't want the bears giving up all those picks to, to move up, to draft a, uh, 
quarterback. I just don't think it's uh, I don't think it's worth it. I really don't. So and uh, I, I, you know, to go back to your question, it like when when all that talk was there about trading for um, Deshaun Watson, or do we go for Wilson? I was on the Russell Wilson. Man, I really I wish thought, we grabbed Russell Wilson. I really wish we oh, could have pulled that off. You and me both, man. I, I really wish that we could. And I felt like Wilson was worth the capital we would have given up because Wilson has, in his years in the NFL, elevated the guys around him. He's a franchise you know? changer. Without him, the Seahawks are he, not close to a playoff team. But he, every single year, drags them into the playoffs kicking and screaming. And yes, every yeah. year, Pete Carroll says, we wish we could just run the ball more. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. So, but Wilson is one of those guys that brings up the level of play around with the guys uh, around him. I, you know, Deshaun Watson, he had, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, the help that he had, Will Fuller and, and all those guys and then those top level receivers out there in, in Houston, you know, he just had to get them the ball and they took care of the rest, especially Hopkins. So that's why I felt like Wilson who's taken, you know, these, these guys, like, like Tyler Lockett's a superstar because of Russell Wilson. That guy was a third or fourth round pick that, you know, Russell Wilson turned that guy into a household name and everything. And I just, you know, I would just, you know, rather I would get moist thinking about what he could do with Darnell Mooney, <laughs> you know, the, 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 uh, the accuracy that he has and, and everything, everything that Trubisky lacks, you know, the true leadership abilities and all that kind of stuff. I could just see, like, he would be able to, I think counteract the deficit in our roster and, you know, to give up the trade capital to do it. I didn't feel like Deshaun Watson was that guy, even though Deshaun Watson is like six or seven years younger than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson in quarterback terms is quote unquote only 32 years old, still got a lot of good years left. And I felt like, you know, he would have been able to get us there faster than, you know, waiting for the team to be built around Deshaun Watson. I was like, I don't think the Bears are a good enough organization as far as team building to get the quarterback and then build the roster around them. I think we need to build up the team and then go get the quarterback as the cherry on top. So that's uh, that's how I've always felt about that. Scatty, what's up, man? Yo, what's up, Larry? Thanks for breaking it down, Bears style, and that's definitely the Bears way to do it. Get yeah. all the other pieces. Um I'm not I'm not a draft nut guy. I don't really uh, know too much about the college players, but I've been ruminating and just kind of thinking about um, the guys that we do have and the guys that we added. You know, these is here's some concerns that come to mind. Get your thoughts on these. Sure, Des, Desmond Trufant. I'm I'm worried it might be a Buster Screen Part Two. Someone who looks like they lost a little bit of a step. Mm-hmm. weirdly excited to play with the Bears, just like Buster Screen. Oh, my yeah. gosh, I can't wait to play with Khalil and Akeem. And it's like, is that because is that you could, you know, you need that at this stage in your career? Yeah. Also, Big Keem, absolutely my favorite player on the team, the heart sure. and soul of the defense. We, we, I want to see him back to top form. I don't know what's been going on with him. We need him. And then Tariq Cohen has to have an incredible year if we're going to get the most out of Andy Dalton or whoever. I agree. And, you know, I I think that, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to Tariq coming back because we lost him 
midway through game three. So we basically wow. three did not game have, three. Wow. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons, that was week number three. That's when he got hurt. So we wow. we practically played the entire season, you know, without him and, and without his help in the, the backfield. And we were subjected to a lot of more a lot more Cordell Patterson coming out of the backfield. <laughs> I love Cordell Patterson. Oh, that was bad, though. Back, was ugly. But, ugly. you know, him in the backfield, there was just too much of that. You know, <laughs> instead of, you know, feeding Montgomery more, we started putting Cordell Patterson uh, in there. It used to make me nuts. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, man, but I went on a tirade after the Detroit game, the one that we lost. And, you know, the, the Bears come in there and David Montgomery's playing on another level. The guy's just it's, it's clear he's running on another gear today. And we keep pulling him off the field to put Cordell Patterson in there. It made me, made me batshit crazy when they were doing it. But Desmond Trufant, you know, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with him. He's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He's on a one-year prove-it deal. And you got to admit, playing defense in Chicago is an enticing endeavor, especially mm-hmm. these days with Roquan, with uh, Akeem Hicks, with Khalil Mack, the returning Eddie Goldman. And, you know, you got that other young corner on the other side and Jalen Johnson uh, now. You got Eddie Jackson behind you i mean there's a lot of talent to be surrounded by that could at the very least cover up what you can't do anymore uh, here's you know okay. what i mean yes but so, but here's here's the thing quick quick thoughts about uh, sure. the thing about eddie jackson right eddie jackson like his his lack of physicality wasn't a problem when he was playing with adrian amos because adrian amos will hit anyone at any time anywhere Eddie yeah. Jackson will will not hit anyone anytime anywhere, and that's not Chicago Bears defense. I'm really kind of done with Eddie Jackson. Like, what 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 is what's his problem? You know what? I'm down on Eddie Jackson too. He's been really disappointing, and I'm hoping that Sean Desai taking over as defensive coordinator will help with that because Sean Desai is looking to bring more of the Vic Fangio style of defense back to the Bears and. You know, obviously, those were the first two years of Eddie Jackson's career when he was an all-world safety. He was absolutely everywhere. He was a ball hawk. He's, you know, returning. He's, you know, intercepting six passes. He's taking some back for, for touchdowns. And I'm hoping that Sean Desai bringing more of the Vic Fangio style will help with that. But you're absolutely right. I, I was on Eddie Jackson for most of last year because of his tackling. You know, He it's won't like hit how, anyone. He won't like, hit did, anyone. Yeah. Did, did anyone – it's like – did we just not notice the first two years what a horrible tackler yes. Eddie Jackson was? Yes, or I think that's what happened. You know, I agree with it's that. like has it been? You know, has he been a horrible tackler this whole time and mm-hmm. we didn't notice, or mm-hmm. is it just these last couple of years after you know he's he's got his all pro and you know is or is it is it um, you know uh, is it the the defensive coordinators? fault because it's a different system we got him doing different stuff now or is this like a, you know but there's no excuse for how bad he was at tackling it was pretty awful and you know i i, I hope hope that he's been lifting weights or something to to improve uh, upon <laughs> that because it was it was pretty sad watching him uh not tackle people uh last year i mean i i remember vividly in the in it was it was either green bay or it was i think it was the saints game in the playoffs where it was like third and two or something. Eddie Jackson's got the guy dead to rights for a one-yard gain. He misses the tackle. And I think it was Kamara. So, I mean, it's Kamara. But still, the guy ends up gaining like nine or ten yards on, on third and two when Eddie Jackson had him dead to rights in the backfield. 
You know, it's like that kind of stuff makes me insane. And, you know, Eddie was all over the place with that last year, not to mention he was dropping interceptions left and right uh, as well. It's like, and I know he got robbed a couple of times last year. He had some penalties take away uh, that touchdown against the Giants and a couple of other interceptions. Right, he might right. Have had. But he fell short in those big moments where he delivered back in 2018. That inter- He should have had interception against Rodgers in Week 17. He should have had interception in overtime against the Saints. He could have gone the other way, picked six, and won that game for us. And who knows how the season turns out if we win that game uh, and things like that. So it's just – you know, I'm I'm down on Eddie Jackson too. 2021's got to be a year where he he steps up, especially now, because last year was year number four, which means his rookie contract is done, which means he's going to start making that cheddar that he signed that extension for. So he's going to be that guy making 15 mil uh, a season. You know, starting this year, it's like he was still on his rookie deal these last two years. Now he's actually going to be making that money that he signed up for, and he's going to have to play like it. 15 so, mil for a safety that doesn't want to hit? He'd better return kicks and punts. That's... <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Well, we'll 15 see who's going to be our and he doesn't want to hit? Yeah. I mean, so, I don't we'll want to hit either, but I'm not an NFL player. Right. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I'm interested to see how Eddie's going to be and if, you know, Sean Desai bringing more of that Vic Fangio style back in. What does that mean? Him. I'm not like, what is that? What does that mean? Well, it, it's just more like with, with Vic Fangio, he was left more on an island to roam the field at his own discretion, you know? And I had a feeling that, that under um, Pagano Pagano. Thank you. I couldn't remember his goddamn last name. It's been a while, but under Pagano, he has more like splitting up the field between the safeties. So it's like, he's playing half the field as opposed to Fangio who would keep, Amos closer to the line of scrimmage and let, you know, ed, let Eddie Jackson roam the deeps, the deep backs because he has the speed to make up the range. Right. You know, that's we saw true. him doing over and over again. So, so I'm fast. hoping that, that decide does more of that, leave Eddie to his own devices, as opposed to where Fangio seemed to be assigning an area for Eddie Jackson, that that's where he always needed to be, as opposed to letting Eddie Jackson go and find the ball. So I'm hoping that's more what, what Sean Desai uh, is going to do and bring back that style uh, to, in order to to let Eddie Jackson be the Eddie Jackson we all knew and loved, you know, that we all thought was worth that extension when he signed for it, you know, before the 2019, uh, you know, season or when, whenever it was that he signed it. We all thought he was worth every penny at the time. These last couple of years, it looks like he's fleecing the bear. He's stealing <laughs> money right now. As far as I'm concerned. So he needs to he needs to step it up. Uh, this year, especially since that extension's kicking in uh, this season, and he's actually going to be on on the books for that 14 million season uh, or whatever it was. So it's uh, I'm hoping that that he can step up and and uh, and handle that. So you know, but with you know, like we were talking about with 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 Trufant, you know, I'm thinking that uh, hoping that a change of pace, being surrounded by you know a lot of talent and everything, could be a boost. For him, and it's a one-year deal. So if it doesn't work out, then we move on to the next guy. And God knows, you know, a lot of mock drafts like the Bears drafting, uh, you know, Newsom from Northwestern uh, in the first round, a corner from Northwestern, or you know, who knows? We'll see. Maybe uh, you know we'll bring in somebody young that will uh, be the next Jalen Johnson and knock him off the field in his minimum, you know, his veteran minimum and uh, and everything. So you know, Trufant, I'm not so worried about. I'm more concerned about okay. what we're going to get out of Eddie Jackson. 
I'm okay. more concerned about what we're going to get out of Tariq Cohen. Get, you know, will he be able to bounce back from the, the injury? It's like the one good thing about him getting hurt when he did was that it happened so early in the season that he had the rest of the regular season to heal up and start rehab as opposed to somebody who got hurt late in the year who's starting rehab at the beginning uh, off of the offseason. He's got a lot of you know, work done. Like He should probably be ready to go right away as opposed to somebody who's going to have to be eased uh, into it. So if there's one silver lining to Cohen getting hurt, it's when he got hurt because he got, you know, was able to have the surgery early and get rehab started and all that kind of stuff. So he was ahead of the game going into the off season as opposed to just getting started. So we'll, um, we'll see what goes on with, uh, with Tariq, man. What about uh, Anthony Miller? Is he going to, or uh, are we going to start the season without him on the roster? Uh, I hope so. Honestly, you know, I loved Anthony Miller, his rookie year. Going into it, uh, you know, uh, he was very full of himself. And I looked at it more as confidence as opposed to cockiness. It looked know? like confidence. I'd agree with yeah. that 100%. I agree with that. And he backed it up. His rookie year, he led the team in touchdown catches in 2018. And then come 2019, now all of a sudden he doesn't know where to line up. He's running the wrong routes. He's, you know, all that. Kind of, he's getting into the doghouse with the coaches and the coaching staff. And then the icing on top for him was getting himself thrown out of the playoff game against the Saints, attacking the same guy who got Javon Wims in trouble earlier in the season. You know, and he did it in the middle of the field where everyone could see it, just like Javon Wims. Like, what the hell? You know, to go on top of the fact that he can't be trusted. You know, and I'm not talking about catching balls or anything like that. I mean, actually, a little way I am. He's the most schizophrenic guy we have on the roster. He can be that guy that we drafted, that we traded back into the second round to draft in 2018. We gave up 2019 second round pick to be able to make that pick. Oh, we and, did. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. 20, okay. We gave up. That's why we didn't have a first or a second rounder in 2019. First round pick was Khalil Mack. Second round pick was Anthony Miller. So, you know, we gave up that second round pick to to get Miller in 2018. He plays like a boss in 2018. And then 2019, the Bears, you know, I guess we leaned on him a little more and he folded because he has not played well these last two years. And, you know, like just look at 2020. He makes that game winner, that amazing catch in week one against the Lions to win the game. Then week two, he drops a touchdown pass against the Giants. Yeah, he drops a pass that would have gotten us a big first down uh, late in the game when we were struggling to score points. You know, week three against the Falcons catches the game winner, you know, against the Falcons. And, you know, week four, and it was just, uh, it was like that. He'd show up, he'd have eight catches for 80 yards and be a beast all over the field. And the next week he'd be absolutely absent or he's dropping passes or he's stepping out of bounds before the yard marking, all that kind of stuff. It's just, you can't trust Anthony Miller to be consistent. And then, like I said, with the, the just the sheer stupidity. I mean, I thought Javon Wims was a moron for doing what he did against the Saints. But Anthony Miller just multiplied stupid by stupid on top of stupid to the 10th to power by doing what he did. Because it was the same guy. He let the same guy get under his skin, attacked him in the exact same way. You know, it's like, what, 
What did you think was going to happen? You thought everything was going to be cool if you did that? <laughs> you know? Like, just because this guy has a reputation for getting people to punch him in the face doesn't mean it's not against the rules to punch him in the face. So, you know, oh, this, Anthony Miller, right. I, I love the kid. I, you know, if, when he's on, he's on. He's great, but we just can't trust him. And I think he's worn out his welcome with his coaching staff on top of it. So he might be a draft day trade. We, he might be somebody like you see in a like a day three. We give him up, and you know, so we can get an extra fifth round pick or, or something like that, just to because he's also in the final year of his rookie contract. So we might as well get something for him. Uh, this is this touches on a deeper issue I see brewing with the Bears, and I've been I've been cogitating over this uh, ever since Vic Fangio got the Denver job. But yeah. you know, Nagy is sitting there with the play sheet that says "BU." Well, he Miller was being him, Wims was being him, yeah. and it's not Bears football. Like I really like Nagy. I like his the way he schemes people open. I think like Cole Komet's probably gonna have a really good year. Because mm-hmm. of Nagy, like I, I think I like Nagy. He's a, he's he's a smart guy, but Bears football was Vic Fangio. Like Vic Fangio epitomized every little thing that like I know Akeem Hicks believes in his heart and soul. And Khalil Mack said it about seven times. He goes, "This is the best coach I've ever had in my life." About Vic Fangio, yeah. Um, and there's a kind of like gritty nastiness that. I've just, you know, that I just think that it, it uplifts the city when the Bears play with that tenacity. And yeah. Nagy's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. He's not a tenacious guy. Like, where where is that identity going to come from? Well, I mean, that's another reason why I'm hoping that we draft an offensive tackle. Oh. And, you know, especially if it just so happens to be a guy named Tevin Jenkins. You know, uh, a friend of mine uh, on, has a has a YouTube channel called The Film Room. His name is Brett Coleman. He put out a video on Tevin Jenkins, and I think it was titled something like the scariest football player in college or something like that. <laughs> and it was him mauling, you know, other his opponents, uh, you know, and he played in the Big 12, uh, you know, so he played top-level competition in Oklahoma. He's from Oklahoma State, you know, and he's he would be a beast at right tackle, the perfect replacement for Bobby Massey. You know, and and, the, and he's he's a nasty guy. He's you know one of those players that's just looking to you know pancake is his middle name. You know, <laughs> and that as far as like you know, like you're absolutely right. I, I love the way that, that that Nagy can scheme things, or I'd love to see Nagy's scheme work because if you listen to him last year, there was every nothing wrong with the scheme. It's just not being run properly. So hopefully, having somebody as quarterback that isn't Mitchell Trubisky will help with that this year. So Nagy's system can be run the way it's supposed to, according to him. We'll find out. But, you know, the nastiness comes from the defense, as I'm sure, you know, you know. But I would love to see us be a bit more gritty, a little more nasty. And in my opinion, that means running the football. And running the football means we got to improve the offensive line. So, you know, you know, David Montgomery, I love the way he runs the ball. The first tackler never brings him down. It's always got to be the second tackler or the first guy needs help to be able to bring him down. It's not one man that's going to bring Montgomery down. He, you know, he leads the league in broken tackles and, you know, that kind of stuff. I just love the way he runs the ball. And I, you know, want an offensive line that's going to be able to open holes for him because we see what happens. We get him out into the open field. Good luck catching him. 
you know, that 80-yarder he had against the uh, the Texans to start off the first play of the game, 80 yards, boom, there he goes. You know, that big run he had against the, the Packers, you know, on Sunday night football and everything like that. You get him, you get him that daylight, he's going to make the defense uh, pay for it, and he's going to make anyone who tries to tackle pay for it uh, as well. You know, he's going to make them – He's going to make him pay. And, and I just, you know, I think we need to bolster the offensive line to give this kid a shot. And, you know, we draft, a, we draft that tackle in the first round who would most likely be our right tackle, possibly our left tackle of the future whenever we finally get rid of Charles Leno. And we also get uh, James Daniels back from the pectoral injury that he suffered against the uh, Buccaneers. You know, he'll be healthy and, and ready to go uh, as well. So it's almost like we're getting, t- you know, two Two off, two new offensive linemen because we're getting Daniel, Daniel's back, and you know the nice problem to have to try to figure out how to keep everybody on the field that was playing well at the end of the season, you know, with Alex Bars and and Mustafer and you know Cody Whitehair and, and you know to see how that's all going to work out. That's why I prefer an offensive lineman be our top pick uh, tomorrow night. So, but uh, you know, I I promised on Twitter and uh, and everywhere else that. Uh, you know, I'm in the Chicagoland area right now. If we draft, if we trade up for a quarterback, I'm going to Lake Forest to burn Hallis Hallis <laughs> because <sighs> we can't do it. We cannot do it. You know, it just it just can't happen. It's just not worth it. It really is not. You know, I don't I don't have I don't see any Russell Wilson type quarterbacks that elevate the guys around them in this quarterback class. There's a lot of talent there, and I would love to have most of those guys. If they fall to us, you know, that's where I'd be okay with us drafting a quarterback. If one of those guys fell to us, you know, I, I wouldn't be happy about, I wouldn't be thrilled about it. I'd still prefer the tackle, but if one of those quarterbacks fell, then okay. Then we're, you know, then it was destiny, you know, that this was meant to happen. Our quarter, you know, a quarterback fell to us. We took one, but us going up to get one uh, and everything I am, I am opposed as I can possibly be on the bears doing something like that. So I, I, I really don't want to see that, uh, see that happen. This episode of the bear stock underground is brought to you by bet online guys. It is that time of year again. And all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the major league baseball season. And bet online has all the betting action in the NBA. The conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, bet online has got you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, championship, boxing, you name it. Bet online has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline also has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. <laughs> the Bears Talk Underground is also brought to you by Canaan Sunglasses. Your outdoor experiences could be better, clearly better. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, 
Canon's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canon sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code KananCast15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Kanan, clearly better. Let me ask you so, this question. This is because, like, I, I almost realized this is what I was hinting at earlier. Like, like, I believe there is such a thing as Bears football, and it revolves around defense and tough running the ball um is that a faulty assumption like 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 do you think that they could maybe have a transformation of identity like under Nagy, where they actually start to score a bunch of points and become a more offensive minded team you know well you know they they kind of got on that way i mean if you remember when trubisky came back for those like first four games when Trubisky came back, granted we weren't playing the world's greatest defenses, but we put up, we were averaging 30 points a game, you know, for an offense that struggled to score 20 points. There were like three games in a row. We had 20 points at halftime, you know, and that's when we were, we were, we were playing to Trubisky strengths. We were going with more of the rollouts and, you know, running the football a bit more, a little bit more play action and things like that, tailoring the offense to Trubisky as opposed to trying to make Trubisky fit into Nagy's system, which was painfully obvious he could not do. So, <laughs> you know, it's like I, you know, and I hope that Andy Dalton is able to, or whoever we may draft, fits into Nagy's system and can run it the way that he wants to. And God forbid it doesn't. I hope Nagy can put his ego back in the drawer and tailor the offense to his talent as opposed to trying to force the talent to run a system it's not built for, you know. And I, I hope that he can do that because what we saw last year at the end of the season was, you know, one of the more inept offenses in the league scoring 30 points a game because we changed the offense to do what it does best. We were running the football better. The quarterback was was able to make easier reads, was make, doing the short passing game, rolling out to get himself out of harm's way and things like that. And it worked. It worked, you know. And then when Nagy started calling the plays again towards the end of the season with, uh, you know, the Green Bay game and especially in the New Orleans game, it I looked like Nagy play calling, you know, all over the place, in my opinion. And, <laughs> you know, the offense suffered. You know, we scored like what twelve points, eighteen points, whatever against Green Bay. We only scored nine against the uh, against the Saints, and that was because we scored a garbage touchdown with no time left on the clock. Otherwise, we lost that game twenty-one to three. You know, it's like that touchdown that we scored was a was a garbage TD. It goes up on the scoreboard. Technically, it counts, but that doesn't tell the story about you know how the Saints dominated the Bears uh, defensively uh, in that game. And I thought that we got away from what we were, what we did well, and what how we succeeded, uh, and everything. And that's why we didn't do as well against the uh, the Saints as we could have. So I, don't, I still don't think we win that game, but I think it could have been a hell of a lot more competitive if we would have stuck with what worked as opposed to, you know, trying to shoehorn uh, Trubisky into that role one last time. Well, and for and, and for large portions of the last two years, Bears offense has been physically painful yeah. to watch. And uh, 
something tells me that Nagy and Pace were not held to account by uh, McCaskey in those end of season meetings, both those years for, for those moments. Like the amount of people like getting years stripped away from their life, watching, you know, something like <laughs> that is just, I mean, it's, it's almost a crime. It's not a crime because we all choose to tune in. That's the one right. thing that keeps it from being a crime. But if there was some kind of law where you had to watch the bears, like that's that's the only thing that I I want I hope changes at some time like just so it's not physically painful to watch. Um, what what are your thoughts on uh, since you're a great uh, repository of Bears information? What are your thoughts on what in the world went wrong with Robert Quinn? I mean, like when I when I looked at I had never heard of Robert Quinn. Uh, I, I, really, you know, for some reason, well, I just just one of those things. Haven't been paying super close attention to football for forever, more so these last couple of years. But when I looked up when I looked up his stats, I said, "That's not who I watched last year." I mean, right. that, that was his worst season since his rookie year. His rookie year, he had a better season than he had. Like, yeah, that was his worst season. Like, what? <laughs> explain this. Well, you know what? There's there's been a lot of rumors as to what the issue was. With Robert Quinn, he came in with some kind of like Achilles or ankle injury, and that's why he didn't play Week One against Detroit, you know, and that's why he was kind of like on a pitch count earlier on uh, in the season. And you know, to tell you the truth, man, when we signed Robert Quinn and when we let Leonard Floyd go and signed Robert Quinn, I was thrilled, absolutely really? thrilled that we would we would ha- because Robert Quinn is a pass rusher. He gets after the quarterback. He gets quarterback sacks. In theory. In theory. Yeah. Well, no, that's what he did when he was in St. Louis at slash Los Angeles, Uh, when he got traded to the Dolphins, when he played for Dallas in 2019. Before he came to us, he had 10 and a half sacks for the Cowboys. And before that, even though he's playing on terrible football teams in Miami, getting sacks for the Dolphins. So it's like, the, the one thing that, that, you know, was was a deficit in Leonard Floyd's game uh, was playing opposite Khalil Mack. His sack production went down as opposed to going up, you know, with, with Khalil Mack facing double teams and triple teams and whatever. Uh, Leonard Floyd was not picking up the slack, it, you know, taking advantage of those one-on-one matchups. You know, uh, you know Khalil Mack was still getting his sacks, but Leonard Floyd – going one-on-one with the right tackle, wasn't winning the battle. No, no. no. He just wasn't getting it done. And then here comes Robert Quinn, a guy with a long track record of double-digit sack seasons and all that kind of stuff. And what, he had two all year? I mean, he he would just get stood up. He got the first one. He would, but like it wasn't, it wasn't competitive. Like, like just, just watching with my eyes, right? Like, like. Because um, I'm coming at this strictly from someone who watches, like, I watch Akeem Hicks every play, or at least I try to, because that's, like, is my again, I a favorite player, Akeem Hicks. So I know what it looks like when a defensive lineman is competitive. Like, Akeem, like, he wasn't competitive. He would just get stuck, and that'd yeah. be it. Well, the, the said, rumor What's is. What's going on? That, 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 that Achilles or ankle injury that he started the season with, the rumor is that was affecting him all throughout the year. Well, then they all were hurt because, like, because we didn't find out till the end of season press conference that Akeem and Khalil were playing hurt all year. Yeah, right. So yeah. they all were hurt all year, and uh, like, uh, and you you never told us. Like, 
I, I just, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost, it's, I'm perplexed. Well, the thing with, with, with Robert Quinn is that it, it was like the injury uh, caused what they call drop foot, which means like you basically can't feel hmm. the ball of your foot. What? Like you're getting, you're getting no push off the leg. It, it happens sometimes with, with knee injuries and ankle injuries and things like that. Like it causes nerve damage where you basically can't feel your feet. And uh, that's, they think that's what was going on with, uh, with Robert Quinn and why he was having those issues, why he didn't have the same explosion oh. off of the, off the ball, you know, off the snap and, and everything. And that it was slowly improving throughout the season. And, you know, like it just wasn't there. Like everybody thinks it was like a drop foot. It is what it's called drop foot issue where he basically was getting no push off of the leg because he couldn't feel his feet or his foot. I should say the one that was uh, injured. Now, I don't know if that was true. That was something that I heard on uh, from Hogan's Hogan Johns, those guys that, you know, they're beat writers. So they they follow the team uh, and everything. So it's like, I don't know if that was, um, you know, something that was, uh, ever uh you know confirmed or anything but that was something that they brought up as to try to explain what was going on with robert quinn because not only was he supposed to be this sack master that wasn't last year but we gave him a lot of money to join the team for a team that was pretty salary cap strapped we gave up money that basically we gave him money we didn't have to bring him along and he was not earning a penny of it at the time um yeah, thank you for that answer. That was very thorough. Um, I'm hope he gets better because that was pathetic. What uh, do you expect Bears fans to be uh, missing Kyle Fuller or no? Probably. You know, I was uh, I was not happy with uh, with Fuller being let go. You know, some of the some of the moves that we made. I I, I you know it it also kind of makes me question the the way that the league will allow teams to like turn um this year's salary into uh, a signing bonus basically to kind of like turning it into a loan because i had a discussion with with uh with lauren cox from locked on bears on the show because i was really confused about ben roethlisberger the quarterback for the steelers his salary for 2021 was like $19 million. But by the way of the Steelers, you know, finagling his contract and moving money here, there, his cap hit for the season was $41 million. So somehow his cap hit was 20 something million dollars more than what he was actually going to make in, in 2021. But then they flipped it and signed a contract that had voidable years on it so as to be able to spread out the cap hit over those years and get his cap hit all the way from $41 million down to 14. So they're still going to have to pay that $41 million or pay for it on the cap, but they get to spread it out uh, over time because of this contract extension. They signed it, but it's officially a one-year deal for Roethlisberger with voidable years on these. I don't understand any of it, and I don't understand how it's legal and why the league lets that happen, because that's why we couldn't keep Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller is only going to make $14 million this year. Or actually, I don't even think it's that much, to be honest with you. I think he was only supposed to make like 11 or 12, but because of moving contracts and moving money around, his cap hit was like 20 or $21 million, which made him too expensive to keep. And that's why we, we, you know, 
We couldn't do a contract extension. We couldn't find a trade partner. We had to let him go for free, and he signs with Vic Fangio uh, in Denver and joins a, a murderer of a secondary out there in Denver. So, you know, I wasn't happy that that whole thing happened, especially because of why it happened. Kyle Fuller didn't have a bad year. Kyle Fuller wasn't somebody that was, you know, declining with his skills or anything like that. He's somebody we still want on the team, and we had to let him go for salary cap reasons. I am never happy when something like that happens. And you talked about Akeem Hicks being, like, your favorite player on the team. Yes. You remember there we had a little flirtation uh, in the middle of March where we allowed Kate, we allowed Akeem to try to find a trade partner for the Bears. The Bears were going to let him go. I was – not Shocked. happy about no, that at all. Not happy. Because, not yeah, happy. Because he's supposed to be making ten or eleven million dollars this year, and we need the cap space. So, you know, and we'll see. right. And he's got, and he's got one of those, you know, ascending cap hit things too. Where, yeah. you know, whatever the last year of his deal, it's like Akeem Hicks cap hit nineteen million. Right. Something like that. So. You know, and that's why the Bears were, you know, reluctantly, quote unquote, reluctantly allowing him to seek a trade to see, you know, what they could get for him, clear up that cap space and maybe get some draft capital that we don't have this year. Oh, uh, so great. So great. They didn't trade him. I'm, of, I'm glad of they the... didn't either. But right. don't sleep on it because it still might happen. Um, no, you know, they might use him as as bait to try to move up or move back or we don't have a fourth round pick in this year's draft. So. Maybe Akeem Hicks uh, and a sweetener to get us a fourth rounder or something like that this year. Don't sleep on it because Anthony Miller's not the only player that they're willing to trade. So we'll we'll, we'll, so we'll see what happens. That's what's going to have me nervous about day two and day three is the possibility of, you know, the Bears maybe trading away uh, Akeem Hicks. And the only reason that it still might happen um, is because the Bears currently – only have like $400,000 in cap space. Wow. Which means they can't afford to sign literally any of the rookies they're going to draft them this weekend. They right. don't have any money to sign those guys. So, so some moves need to be made. Somebody needs to sign an extension. Somebody's going to get cut. Something of that nature. And moving Akeem Hicks to some, you know, to the Dolphins or whatever for an extra fourth round pick gets $10 million off of our, off of our caps, you know, of our, of our cap hit. And now we can afford to sign our rookies uh, and things like that, or we can our undrafted free agents or anything like that. So that's the only thing that has me nervous about Akeem's status through draft weekend is that we could still use him as trade bait and get him off the books, save that money on the salary cap so that we can sign our, our rookies and, and everything like that. So, but you're absolutely right. He's one of my favorite players of all time let alone to be on the team now. He is an emotional leader. He's a fire plug. Sometimes he's a little too emotional, gets penalties on him and things like that. But, you know, he is an absolute beast. Even when he's playing hurt, he's better than most of the guys on the field. He's a disruptor. And, you know, he's he's a bear. That's what he's he a, He's a real bear. Yeah, and if like, anybody and, and, was right. put on this earth to be a Chicago bear, Akeem Hicks was that guy. And, you know, and unfo- right. so I do not want to see him go, especially for something like that. You know, same thing with Kyle Fuller. I didn't want to see Kyle Fuller go because he wasn't declining in skills. He was still a good football player for us. You know, he was still getting things done. Yeah, he only had one interception last year, but 
nobody wants to throw the ball in his direction. So interception opportunities weren't always there, you know, for him. He wasn't the one dropping interceptions like Eddie Jackson was uh, last year. You know, he was the one batting balls and making tackles. He's one of the best tacklers we have on defense last year. So the last thing that I wanted to see was for us to let him go because of salary cap reasons. Right. To me, that is just the most inexcusable reason to let a guy go. You know, that's that's on the team. That's not on the player. You know, the player signed the contract you offered him. You know, it's not his fault that you have to pay him the money you promised to pay him. You know, so I was not happy at all about a Kyle Fuller being gone. And I was definitely not happy about Akeem Hicks being allowed to seek trade. I didn't. It's like the last thing in the world that I wanted was to see the Bears take the field in 2021 without Akeem Hicks. And so. this is and this is okay. And with great great comments about b- both these guys. And on the Fuller thing, every once in a while, Adam Thielen might grab a ball over Fuller's head, score a touchdown. Well, that's just the name of the game. It happens to everyone, right? Well, I mean, Adam Thielen is Adam Thielen. Yeah, that's right. going to yeah. happen sometimes, right? You know, but what kind of game did Adam Thielen have? Did he have 12 catches like, for 130 12 yards? 12 yards, one touchdown. He had like three catches, and one of them was that touchdown. So yeah. It was a big catch, but he didn't dominate the game on us. Right. You know, like Adam right. Thielen does with literally everybody else. Right. So um, those are the kinds of things you got to look at. Like so. when when you listen to the interviews of the you know, former Roy Roberts and Harris and Bilal Nichols and those guys, they all, they all say Akeem is the reason, like not the reason, but one of the top three reasons why they get better every year. So it's like trading away, even considering trading away Akeem would be like trading away LeVar Ball when all the ball boys were still in high school, right? <laughs> Be like, let's just get a new dad for this family. Oh, they'll be fine. They'll be yeah. fine. They've been, they've been, you know, they've been brought. It's like, and this is my problem with uh, Pace. I feel like he has a two-dimensional understanding of human beings. Like he mm-hmm. clearly knows a lot about football. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gotten that job and made the good moves he has made. But yeah. if you, if you are, if you are understanding like the three-dimensional, even like four-dimensional makeup of the Bears, it's like he's. He's untouchable. He's like, it's just it, it it just really concerns me the way he the way he thinks sometimes. I think, wow, this is they might be really doomed until they get a new uh, person in charge. Unfortunately, I mean, I don't know if I really believe that. I guess that's why I'm kind of asking the question. But you kind of well, see what I might be concerned about there. Oh, for sure. And to tell you the truth, I thought Nagy and Pace should have been gone after this year. Mm. I thought that both should have been out the door. As much as I like Nagy. And then the coach that he can be, you know, I thought 2020 was a very bad year for him. And the whole season fighting against giving up play calling and, you know, allowing our offensive coordinator to maybe take a different spin uh, on it to tailor the offense to what our offense does well instead of constantly calling the plays to make the offense run. Because it was just – it was written all over the field. It's not working. It's not it's so working. True. We have to do something different. You know, we have to do something different. And then finally, he does it. Things go well. We score 30-plus points in like four or five straight games. And then he wants to take the helm for the Green Bay game in New Orleans. And surprise, surprise, we lost the ball. So, you know, <laughs> I thought that that, you know, that that should have been it. I thought they should have been gone. And, and also, to tell you the truth, if we had a new regime in place, I'd be a lot more – amenable to the Bears trading 
trading to get up into the top because it would be a new guy getting his quarterback, a new coach, you know, and putting that stamp on the franchise. We'd also point. be back in we'd also be back in rebuilding mode, not expecting the moon and the stars from this team going forward. But with Nagy and Pace still in place, that means they have to win now, which means we cannot give up the draft capital and burn the future to try to save 2021. That's irresponsible. So I didn't want those guys making that decision. That's why I'm so nervous going into tomorrow night's draft because, you know, these guys, they say all the right things in the press conferences, how they're just going to do what's best for the team. They're going to do what's best for the team at the same time in the back of their mind, they know their ass is on the line this year. So they have to take, you know, self-preservation's going to come through way before they start thinking about the Chicago Bears in 2022, you know, because they not be, may not be around to have to worry about it. So they need to do something now to ensure that they will be, and that's what makes me nervous. So I, I'm, I, I, don't, I didn't want them around making that decision. Number one, they've blown that decision pace, pace personally three times. Once with Mike Lennon, again with Mr. Oh, Ritzky, and then last year with Nick Foles. So he's 0 for 3 on the most important position on the team in the oh, in sports, period, let's be honest. And, you know, it, it, he's, I didn't want him making that decision. Much as I like Ryan Pace, and I love a lot of things that he's done on the team, and for the organization. I mean, Hallis Hall is a palace and a destination for players now. You know, we, we've, we've revamped the, the whole facility Top of the line, everything, you know, you come to Chicago Bears, you're going to be treated, you're going to be pampered the whole nine yards. He's done a lot with the community in the Chicagoland area. That's great. It's not translating into wins and losses on the field, so you got to go. How do you know that's Pace and, and not uh, Phillips and McCaskey? Well, I mean, he's the general manager, so that's kind of what his job is to do those kinds of things, to make it, you know, a more enticing destination for players to come to. So that means – you know, doing up doing the, the facilities. Phillips and McCaskey just signed the checks. They give the OKs and they sign the checks. They're not the ones running point on that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's what Pace has been doing. And he's done a lot of really great things. He signed a lot of really great players, made a lot of awesome moves. But where he's been wrong, he's been way wrong, you know, and it's hurt the Bears a lot more than it's helped uh, over the years. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't want him making this choice that he's going to make tomorrow night you know whether he's it's a really good point it's a good giving point. up three first round picks to to move up to four or five or six or something uh like that so it's like i just it, it makes me nervous that a guy in his spot is going to be making this decision tomorrow night so that's that, fair you know that's that's like i won't be able to breathe until the first round is over, <laughs> you know hey, right right i'll be nervous you know until we pick at 20 and any 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 position is a possible trade up uh, for the Bears. You know, the further we get down, obviously the smaller the price tag is going to be. But it's still going to make me nervous about what Pace is willing to give up. And the rest of the league knows we're desperate, so they're going to make us pay for it. They're going to make us pay for it. They're going to make us pay an extra round pick or two, you know, to get that spot. They wouldn't have charged somebody else. You know, I just feel uh, like that's the case. I just feel like that's the case. So, what, what do they say about poker? If if if, if you can't uh, if if you can't notice who's the sucker at the table, it's you. Right. Exactly. Um, I've heard. Oh. Uh, I've 
I heard someone say this about Pace. They said, uh, why is a guy whose background is being um, a scout, scouting guy for what, the uh, the Saints and, I'm, and whoever else, I'm not sure. Why is a guy whose background is as a scout, whose strength should be quality draft picks, always trading away his draft picks? Uh, yeah. I said, like, wow, okay, I have no answer for that. And the other thing about Pace that really just sends the wrong message is he's not accountable unless, like, you, you know, strap him to a board and wheel him in and put him in front of a microphone. He's not going to talk to anyone. Uh, and then when and then when he does talk to the media, they ask him straight up questions like, so what did you learn from the misevaluation of Mitchell? And he just and like the word salad non answers to like questions he should be answering straight up. I just I just unbelievable. Well, that was the thing that got me. And that's why that that end of the season press conference was such a disaster. You know, number one, George McCaskey coming in, talking about one of the high points of the season being the six point or the six game losing streak because we rebounded from that and made it to the playoffs. Like the six game losing streak was supposed to be a silver lining of some kind. And then Nagy and Pace both going in there. And like you said, the word salad, the word of the day being collaboration. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, that was bad. The phrase of the day being everything's on the table, you know, and for him to try to wiggle his way out of answering any of the questions that were asked. I mean, it just it also was hilarious to me that they wouldn't answer the question about how much time they had left on their contracts. What you know, was what was up with that? That yeah, was so like, weird. That was so weird that they wouldn't do that. That they didn't want to talk about it or disclose it. It's like, you know, it was Hub Arkish that was asking the questions. Like, I don't, I'm not asking you how much you make. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, you how much, how much you have left in your contract? Is it one year or is it two? You know, <laughs> like because if you're telling me you're on a two year deal, that's a hell of that's a big difference from somebody going into the last year of their contract who's playing for his who's you know. Playing, you know, for lack of a better term, playing for his for his job in 2020 or 2021, I should say. You know, it's a lot more. It's a lot different perspective. You've got another year on the on the books as opposed to somebody who knows they're done if they don't succeed. You know, and he wouldn't answer the question. Him or Nagy would not answer uh, the question. So it's just like, okay, that's extremely weird. And people, fans. Even even the beat writers. I listened to Hogan John's podcast after that. They were all dumbfounded and furious. It's like this was the worst possible way that could have gone. It's like any fan who's watched that press conference is livid right now. I was blown you away. Know? I was speechless. Yeah. I said, I said, I mean, the, the, like the the Sun Times the next day. What it, what did it say? It said, uh, pr- uh, "Bears brass thinks fans are stupid." That was yeah. the headline. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the message it sends. It says, you know, you have no idea what's going on. We don't have to tell you the truth, right? Right. Yeah. So I mean, it just that's what uh, that's what was so furious or frustrating about that press conference. Like you said, the word salad and the same word kept coming up over and over again. Collaboration, you know, and collaboration. We're going to collaborate. That's the one thing that I love about this. You know, there's is the collaboration to be able to make decisions, and it'll be a collaborative <laughs> effort. If we're going to get a quarterback. Uh, or not, you know, it just, 
you know, he's, he's built a reputation in Chicago as not being afraid to go and get his guy. You know, he did it with Trubisky in 2017. Hell, he did it the year before in 2016. He traded up two spots with the Buccaneers to go get Leonard Floyd. Mm. You know, he went out and, tra- and traded away those first two, those two first-round picks to get Khalil Mack. And what an impact he had his first year uh, in Chicago. You know, he he traded uh, like a fourth round. He, well, the reason we don't have a fourth round pick this year is because we traded it to Minnesota for an extra fifth rounder last year. You know, so that's why I, it was, I forget who we, it was either Mooney or uh, uh, Gibson, the the, the 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 outside linebacker that we that we traded for. But you know, he went and, and made that trade. We don't have a fourth round pick, so we can go and get that guy. You know, that's what he does. And I'm hoping that he is not himself tomorrow night. <laughs> you know, I don't want him being aggressive and moving up the board, you know, and going to get a quarterback. I don't give a damn how desperate he is. I don't want to see it happen. I really don't. So, but um, I think I'm going to wrap things up here. Uh, Scotty, man, I really appreciate you uh, coming in and, and, and having the discussion. I'll be back next Friday or excuse me, Wednesday as well. And, uh, you know, I'll also be uh, doing a new podcast after the draft to uh, kind of recap all of our picks and everything. So you can be on the lookout for that as well, man. All right, great. Let me give you a follow here. And sounds like a plan. Good luck. Good luck to our boys. May they yeah. not do anything stupid. Like my, like, like my big cousin told me, uh, he said, well, I was probably in eighth grade. He was like, Sam, let me tell you something. Keep your pecker in the cage. That's life <laughs> advice. Let's let's just hope the pecker stays in the cage. Amen tomorrow. to that. Amen to that. Thanks, Scotty, man. Appreciate it. Peace. Take care. And take care, everybody else. Thanks for, uh, for listening. Like I said, we'll be back next Wednesday. Kind of doing a draft recap, uh, if you will. And uh, also uh, be doing a draft review uh, podcast for the Bears Talk Underground uh, as well. So, had a great time tonight, guys. Thanks, everybody, for coming into the room. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time.